The Classical Association presents Epic, Modern Writers, Ancient Stories, an audiobook of short stories written by entrants in the 2022 CA competition, who were inspired by Stephen Fry's trilogy, Mythos, Heroes and Troy. We're releasing one story a day for the next six weeks, so make sure you subscribe and follow the Classics Podcast and follow us on Instagram at the Classical Pod so you don't miss out on a single story in our audiobook. Relax, enjoy, and lose yourself in the world of ancient mythology. Fury by Cheryl Byrne Read by Claire Harvey I have spent many years in this house, waiting for vengeance to be dealt, Tisiphone whispered to herself, as she stood and stretched her scaled black wings behind her, as though they were stiff with stillness. Voices from the courtyard below her balcony carried to her. They made her skin itch, discussing the imminent return of Agamemnon, the long-absent king. I must prepare to give my revered husband the welcome he deserves, the voice of her friend Clytemnestra carried to her on the chill dawn breeze, and Tisiphone smiled the smile of long-held desire about to be satisfied. Clytemnestra turned and entered the palace, making her way to Tisiphone, no doubt. The huddled, crooked men who had been too old and feeble to go to war ten years before whispered of past murders and a thousand ships setting sail. A demon of bloody vengeance is in this house, they said. They didn't name Tisiphone, but she felt their fear of her presence reaching to her like tendrils of smoke that wrapped themselves around her body and nourished her. Mortals don't mention the Furies by name. Firm footsteps in the room below her, and Tisiphone turned to watch as Clytemnestra stepped out onto the balcony. She was tall, almost as tall as Tisiphone, and her dark hair was pulled back from her face in simple plaits. She wore a long dress belted with bronze with matching brooches at her shoulders. She stood strong and determined, with her hands clenched into each other in front of her. Did you hear? she asked, her voice clipped and tense. She reeked of excitement and nerves with a peppering of something else underneath, something she had carried with her since her husband had set sail for Troy with all the armies of Greece under his command. Yes, Tisiphone replied. Is everything ready? Of course it is. Everything has been ready for months, years even. The peppery scent grew stronger, almost singeing. Alecto swooped over and handed Clytemnestra a cup of wine. Then there is nothing to do but wait, she said, linking her arm through Clytemnestra's and spreading one black leathery wing around her. Come and sit and we can talk and spend this time we have left together before all our plans can begin. Clytemnestra raised one eyebrow at Alecto's uncharacteristically soothing tone. This is a side of you I've never seen, Alecto. Are you trying to make me less angry? She asked with the hint of a laugh. She took the offered seat 
that sat straight, ready to leap up at any moment. There is more than one type of anger, and yours is honed and sharp like a tool, and it is glorious. Alecto's eyes glittered as she said this, large and dark and eager. She's right, don't lose that focus now, not when we are so close, Tisiphone said, as she sat opposite her sister and this mortal woman who had become her friend. She relaxed back into her chair, her arm lazily draped over the back of the seat, and she took another cup offered to her by Alecto. The burning in her nostrils faded as Clytemnestra's rage held at simmering. In all the eons since she had sprung into existence, a fury to answer atrocities, to feed on vengeance and anger and torment those who had done wrong, no other mortal had embraced Tisiphone, taken her into their home and worked with her. Most ran from her. They didn't nurture her. They fled as far and as fast as they could, hurrying to cleanse themselves of any hint of contamination that might attract her and her sisters. Few had the sense and the courage to use her as a willing tool, not in the way Clytemnestra had. She looked at her friend with admiration, a woman who would do whatever it took. They had spent years together as Clytemnestra had woven the luxurious trap of precious purple thread that would ensnare Agamemnon. They had planned every detail. It was almost scripted. Now Tisiphone felt the rage and anxiety and impatience whirling in Clytemnestra, almost as though they were her own emotions. They drank in the silence of close companions, listening to the hunched, gossiping men below whisper about Agamemnon's return and of his departure. Tisiphone remembered a sacrifice for the wind and Clytemnestra's rage calling to her all the way from Aulis to Argos. She remembered the grief that painted her friend's face in a mask of pain etched deep and the screams that echoed in the halls of the palace. Tisiphone had brought her focus from that grief and fury, helped her hone it, and in the ten years that had passed since, Clytemnestra had become a warrior, ready to be a tool of vengeance. Are you ready? Tisiphone asked. Clytemnestra looked at her with a small frown, gathering her words. I am. He is polluted with the blood of my daughter. Iphigenia comes to me still, follows me from the kitchens to the loom. When I close my eyes, I see Iphigenia, dressed in yellow, gleeful at a fake wedding to a false hero. I have watched her walk to the altar a thousand times and seen the change in her from hope to fear as she realised that a knife in the hand of her father waited for her, not the husband she had been promised. And for what? He sacrificed my daughter so he could punish my sister, so he and the rest of the armies could go to Troy and fetch a stolen wife back to her husband. Her hand quivered with suppressed rage and a splash of wine 
leapt from her cup to stain her white dress just above her belt. I have prayed for her return, made sacrifices and spent hours on my knees in the temple of Hera, begging for a Greek victory. But the Greeks' glory isn't my aim. Their venture was cursed from the moment they watched my husband butcher my daughter. They all watched. Not one of those so-called heroes stopped the murder of an innocent. They watched and were appalled, but ultimately passive. I don't care whether they live or die, but Agamemnon, he must return. She brushed at the wine on her dress impatiently. It doesn't matter, I suppose. It will be covered with worse soon enough. Alecto leaned back into the cradle of her wings and laughed a joyful laugh, revelling in the rage. You won't fail. You can't. Your anger has not lessened in ten years. You are as full of fury now as you were the moment after Agamemnon stole your oldest child. He will not know one day of rest under this roof. The moment he thinks he has reached home and comfort, I will take it all from him. Clytemnestra breathed in deeply, her shoulders and chest rose and she closed her eyes. It's all so close after so long. A clattering of hooves and cries of welcome reached them. They did not turn to watch his arrival. They stood facing each other while the crooked men greeted their king and asked of the war. The woman who had befriended the Furies looked into their faces, took from them the strength that she would need for what lay ahead. When she was ready, she asked, Will you be here? Yes, Tisiphone replied. Clytemnestra turned and left the balcony to welcome the returning hero.